Hey, y'all. You're listening to Heaving Bosoms, a podcast where two best friends recap and review romance novels while catching up and cackling. Before we do anything else, I have to tell you how blown away we are by all of you. We just broke 100 ratings on Apple Podcasts alone, and I have to say thank you, thank you from the bottom of our literally heaving bosoms. To all of you who've taken the time to rate and review us, with the bribe or not, you are so incredible. It helps other people find us, and it means so much to hear what you think of our little passion project. Okay, HBs, this week is a bit of a doozy. We're doing part one of Jude Devereaux's A Knight in Shining Armor, a tale of time travel, dusty books, and shopping. All I can say is that this week's episode is brought to you by Caps Lock. Here we go! Oh, hi, Erin. Hi. hi, Melody. Why are you singing? <laughs> it's a musical sing. episode of Heaving oh. Bosoms. No, no. <laughs> That's a terrible idea. A, I can't sing. And B, I'm sick, so I can't sing. Ooh, maybe I could sing better, actually. Ooh. I don't you know. Can hit I don't those, want like, to. like baritone notes. You know what I'm saying? Maybe. Yeah. I kind of yeah. have like a, a sultry Kathleen Turner style voice right now. Ooh. Get it, girl. Yeah. <laughs> so can I tell you a story about my mom? Yes, please. All right, Always. Guys, get ready to fall in love with my mom. I mean, it's easy. She's amazing. So my mom found the podcast. When was that? Like three weeks ago? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know when it was. Um, Erin was shitting herself. P.S. We had to have like a come down talk. Right. I didn't tell my parents about this thing because I just I didn't want to think about them listening to it. It's not like I'm ashamed. I just didn't want to be like if I'm going to say words like clit spanking and cock sucking. I don't want to think about my parents hearing me say that while I'm saying it. I, I don't blame you. So... She then likes the Facebook page. I see the like come up Mm -hmm. and I'm like, oh no. And then I call her immediately. I'm at work. Like I'm at work and I'm like calling my mom immediately to be like, I shut my office door, you know. And she's like, um, I can't talk right now. I'm watching, um, I'm doing a a podcast. And then she just hangs up. And I was like, (laughs) fuck, what? Like, because my mom doesn't know what podcasts are. And so I immediately call Melody. I'm like, I'm freaking out. I don't know what to do. She's going to be upset because she wouldn't be upset that I was talking about these things. But she would be upset maybe that I was like using my real name and like maybe jeopardize my professional reputation or something like that. Like, that's what I think she would maybe be upset about. So I like wait like a painstaking 45 minutes. And finally, I call her back and she answers. And she's like, sorry, I was um, I was watching a podcast. And I was like, so you found out about the podcast? And she's like, um, you're the what? And I'm like, heaving bosoms. You like the Facebook page. And she's like, your blog? And I'm like, no, it's not a blog. It's a podcast. And I'm like, you just said you were you were doing a podcast. And she's like, oh, it's my quilting podcast. It's a YouTube <laughs> video. And I'm like, that's not what a podcast is. So I explain to her what a podcast is. <laughs> I talk her through that it's not a blog. She thought I had a blog about books. I'm like, no, it's like a radio show. And she's like, oh, okay. 
And then she gets like very giggly and she's like, oh, you don't want me listening to it because it's about sex. (laughs) And I was like, no, you can listen to it if you want. I just, you know, it's just kind of like she's like, you don't want me listening to your sexy, slutty podcast. And she's like, (laughs) fun of me. So that conversation is over. I call you back. I'm like, it's totally fine. Situation normal. Right. Then last night, last night or I don't know, some uh, some night this week, I got a call from her and she's like, what are you doing? I'm like laying in the hotel room reading this book for the podcast. She's like, ooh, what slutty book are you reading? <laughs> oh, the other thing is, she's like, I'm not going to listen to it. And I'm like, you can oh, if yeah. you want. She was like, she was like, I, I would, but I'm just not very interested in yeah. that. So she's like, it's not because it's about <laughs> sex. I just, I'm not interested in it. I'm like, okay, that's fine, mom. So I'm like, she's like, who, what slutty book are you reading? So I'm telling her all about A Knight in Shining Armor. And she's like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to call into your podcast. (laughs) She thought it was like a radio show that you could like call in. She's like, I'm going to disguise my voice and they're not going to know I'm your mom. I'm like, no, that's not how it works. (laughs) But then she's like, well, I want to be on it. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. But there's there's already podcasts like that called Not Your Mom's Romance Book Club. Yeah. So I told her about that one. She's into that one. She wants <laughs> to listen to that one. <laughs> like, mom, she's like, I would listen to yours. I'm just not into romance novels. But suddenly, <laughs> Ellen and mom, she's all up on. She's all into. And I'm like, well, you said you weren't interested in it. She's like, yeah, but that one has a mom. I'm like, this one has a mom? It's Melody. I'm a mom? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> anyway, I just thought that was so funny. I wanted to share. She said she, she's going to disguise so her voice cute. and call in. <laughs> Hi, I'm Anastasia Beaverhausen. I love this slutty book. Like, that's what it would have been like. <laughs> I am all about it. Me too. Completely all about it. If we can figure out a way to have her a quick call in, that would be that would be great. <laughs> the thing is, everyone I want to be on the podcast as like a special guest will be mm-hmm. in Alaska for my wedding. So we just should have like a party line episode where it's like me, you, Kate, mom, Leslie. Yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Oh, man. That is so exciting. Yeah. Now do we have to talk about this book? We do have to talk no, about this book. No, And Melody. actually, you know what? I've been raring to go about really? this book. Really? So- the other thing is, I, sorry, this is just something I have to say out loud. You're sick, right? Yeah. I bit the side of my cheek. And so anytime I smile <laughs> and talk, it sounds like I have a lisp because I either bite my cheek again or I'm like trying to <laughs> protect it. Oh, so no. just FYI, it might be a rough episode in more than one way <laughs> because Good. I can't stop smiling talking about this thing. And I also really need to not re-injure my my bitten cheek. <laughs> awesome. What a great day it is. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we are talking about uh. A Knight in Shining Armor by Jude Devereaux. Uh. When was this thing written? This thing. Fucking a while I, ago. I have a, I have a long disclaimer. This is a similar Ooh. to a Love Hacked disclaimer. Only Love Hacked, it. I was like, listen, guys, I liked this book. I didn't like this book, guys. <laughs> It is not lost on me that this book is apparently a quote-unquote classic in right. the romance genre that sure. many people grew up. Our our friend Tanya, who recommended this book, and our friend Megan, 
came out of the woodwork and was like both of whom have incredible taste right in I don't, pretty much I don't, everything I, don't. I was so floored by mm-hmm. this bullshit sorry mm-hmm. this this novel mm-hmm. like so floored as i was reading it i actually i i sent tanya a text at one point that was like i'm 40 percent through this book and i'm convinced jude Devereux hates women yeah and and she was like yeah things are problematic <laughs> anyway Oh, they that's funny because taste. I texted Megan halfway through this thing <laughs> because Tanya is probably the most militant yes. feminist we know, I would say, maybe. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And so I texted, I'm afraid of texting Tanya about this book because I don't even understand what kind of labyrinth her brain is making about this thing. <laughs> so I texted Megan, I'm like, how is it that Tanya's book is the first book out of what, how many have we done, like 25 or something like that? Yeah. That has included fat shaming, that has included like oh, fat shaming gaslighting. children. That, yeah, I know. Like, Rampant just gaslighting. And, <laughs> Tanya is the one that constantly is mad at us for calling ourselves, you know, thick or saying that we're not totally. live fencer bodies, you know. And right. She'll come on and be like, you, you're fat shaming yourselves and blah, 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 you're not fat. Yeah. And I'm like, this, this book. So anyway, I I texted <laughs> Wait, so Megan. what did Megan say? Yeah. And I was like, how is it that this is Tanya's book? And she was like, this is what Tanya and I grew up with. So this is a little bit nostalgic to us. Oh, my God. Here's my thing. If I had grown up with this, I don't think I would be a romance fan. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. granted, you have to put yourself in the context of what the 90s, like the early, early 90s. So Tiny and I actually had a phone call because I'm pretty sure she was like, hey, I should contextualize some shit for you before you dive into this thing. Like, uh, you think? And like, yeah. And she was like, she was like a little bit like giggly and like, hey, so uh, have you read it? And I was like, no, I haven't even started it yet. And she was like, okay, why don't we have a lovely conversation where I tell you all about the backstory of this book? And like, she actually mentioned the fat shaming of children. She was like, just get ready because that yeah, is included. She reread it after she recommended yeah, it to exactly. us, right? Exactly. She was like, I had two different books in mind and I thought that this was the more like like the more sexy one, not the PG-13 one. Uh, a rumph. <laughs> Talk about two pumps and a shutter. <laughs> she, she knew. I was just so shocked. And like the I and, and one of the things she said during our phone call was like, PS, like this was a lot of this was really feminist thought at that time. Right. And I was just like, what? is how and i think what megan was saying i don't want to put words in her mouth but i don't think she was saying this is what we grew up with in terms of this is the romance writing we grew up with i think she was saying this is what we grew up with in terms of these are the attitudes we grew up with yeah so it's a little bit nostalgic to be like oh remember when (laughs) yeah yeah so my disclaimer is this it is not lost on me that this is a classic romance novel. Right. It is not lost on me that this was written by a woman who was a pioneer in the romance genre who was born in 1947 right, and that this book right. was written in the mid-80s and published in 1988. So, like, yeah. we're gonna have, like, a very, like, this isn't woke enough for us conversation. No, that is maybe not fair. It's not appropriate for this, this book. particular book. But, I will say this, Tanya went mm. on... 
Tanya went on <laughs> Facebook and was like, when I said I'm not going to like this book, she came on and was like, I'm not going to be lectured on feminism by two people who like <laughs> The Bachelor. And I said, I didn't say fuck or shit about feminism. Because here's the thing. <laughs> even if you take all the feminist stuff out of this book, mm-hmm. still not a great book in my not a good opinion. Book. Okay, I'm going to say something terrible right now. And I, I think that there's going to be a lot of people that are like up in arms, including but not limited to our wonderful dear Tanya. But when I was reading this book, I literally had the thought this is 50 shades esque except like instead of they go shopping she thinks about going outside they fight and then they fuck it's she doesn't believe he's there they have some tea they go to an old house yeah they eat some tea they go to an old house there's not they a lot of plot here fight about all the things like <laughs> Everything is, but then there's no fucking yeah or feelings. The thing is, like in books yeah. where there's not a lot of plot. For example, uh, what did we just read? What was the um, what was the, the grocery you. store? Yeah, hate to want you. Yeah, that book didn't have a lot of plot. It had a lot of no. plot that had happened in the past, but now right. they were addressing the feelings. Yeah, that book was a lot of processing. Right. Yeah, emotional this, processing. You've either got to have stuff happening, or you've got to feel stuff. And this didn't have neither either of those, of those things. things. Happens. No. By the time we got to like 70% of the way through and all of a sudden we were in medieval England times, I, I, I nearly threw my phone against a wall. I was just like, what the fuck is happening? How are oh we starting God. over? 70% through. How are we starting over with these stupid people? <gasps> to be honest, like, I liked that device. No, I liked it too. If it had been 100 pages shorter. Yeah. Right. If they had to fall in love again and I liked them, I would have been like, ooh, we get to do it twice. Totally. Um, But I hated both of them. And at that point, when they went back to medieval England, I thought, I cannot hate this woman more. And I cannot hate this man more. And somehow, she did it. Congratulations, Jude. I hated him more after medieval times. Hold on. I think I liked I liked um, Douglas more in medieval times, but I hated Nicholas exponentially more in England times to the point that it didn't matter. Oh, we'll get there, girl. This guy, this guy was only okay when he was a fish out of water. Now that Mm -hmm. he has power, Uh go fuck everyone. Go fuck yourself. Oh, there's so much of her wondering, like, (laughs) where is the Nicholas I fell in love with? Where is the Nicholas from my time? And I'm like, right in front of you, bitch. Because the power dynamic is different. So he no longer has to be nice to you. He can literally set you on fire. Literally. And don't get me wrong. There was definitely a moment. I think um, we'll get there. But... He comes and gets her because he strands her in the rain at some point. And then he's like, all right, well, follow me because my mother wants to see you. So mm-hmm. he just takes off on his horse and she starts yeah. to follow. And she's like, my Nicholas would never do that. And Bullshit. Like, he would. Nicholas literally did that when he left you with his horse to stable. Like, at, like, like 20 minutes ago. He literally did that to you. Like, not <laughs> long ago. Like uh, 20 <laughs> minutes ago for me, maybe two days ago for her. He literally just did that. The only difference was the sun was out. Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. But so, no, I hated her so much more in medieval times. I can't wait. I didn't. You know what? Maybe, you know what? Here's the thing. I found the first, I guess, 60% of the book a little bit annoying and tedious just because like, I understood the device that is like, we're watching this medieval times man understand a bus and play on a walkie talkie and all the things. But- 
I didn't need to discover all that stuff. So it was just really tedious for me. Like the second time he was like a movie theater. I was like, of course, of course, he doesn't understand a fucking movie theater. Can we move on? But then in medieval times, I really liked it because I was like, oh, what would it be like for a modern-ish person to have to deal with X, Y, and Z? So maybe I was just more interested in medieval times. I think if his reactions would have been any more charming at all when he was transported to modern times, I think if his brother Kit were the hero and he were transported and he got to learn all the stuff, it would have been more fun I would have loved it. Mm-hmm. And I also appreciated it a little bit because I thought it was at least his reactions to things were at least kind of realistic to me. Whereas, mm-hmm. like, remember Shades of Vampires? Oh, where completely. it was like, how do I operate this electronic phone machine? I'm like, what's an electronic, Excellent. Derek? What's a machine, Derek? <laughs> what's yeah. a phone, Derek? <laughs> Why do you yeah. talk like a modern teenager, Derek? Ugh. Right. All right. Let's let's jump into the plot, shall we? I'm Should sorry. we just? Wait. I'm gonna put on this sweatshirt. I'm the worst. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. I took it, I had it on, I took it off, I'm putting it back. I'm just so sick. I can't tell if I'm hot or cold. Maybe I, I'll have it half on. I don't on. mind, darling. Oh, there you go. That's pretty sexy. I'm so I'm cold, but I'm lie. also I'm so sweaty, but I'm so cold. <laughs> oh, I need to go to work oh, today. Boy. It's the worst. Okay. Man, the things you do for us. Okay. I appreciate you. All right, page All right, one. So we have <laughs> Because I have some shit to say about page one. I don't care. I don't care. I don't care. (laughs) Okay, let's do it. Page one. The worst line in the book is on the first page. (gasps) Tell me. Oh, I'm sorry. It says on my Kindle it's page five, but I think it's the first page of writing. Okay. All right. So we've got Douglas Montgomery. That is a woman. Get over it. (laughs) She has a medieval times name because her dad is a professor of medievaldom. Whatever. Douglas the lady. And then we've got Nicholas Stanford, Earl of Thornwick, the 15th or whatever. Okay. Yeah, sure, sure. Right? He's the Earl of Thornwick? Yes. See how I'm getting better at this? It's just rolling off my tongue. Earl of Thornwick. Mm -hmm. So he's from 1564 times. Yeah. And she's in 1988 times. We can just call it medieval times. It has a name, Melody. What's your problem? No, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> no, I just, this time, I think I actually call this time period, this time period. Just, you you know. do. You do. You yeah. call it medieval times. Yeah. yeah. The, and that's right, right? It, it, it totally is. Yeah. Woo! I got uh-huh. it right. You did it. Oh, man. <laughs> okay. So they are in the car on an England vacation. Yeah, we're, we're just skipping the prologue. The prologue is he's in a cell. He's going to get oh, murdered soon. Okay, he yeah. starts disappearing because he's hearing a woman cry. We're talking but, about Nicholas, the Thor- Thornwick Earl. Yeah, he's, yeah. And he's then, writing a letter. And now we're in chapter one, everybody. Get ready because it's chapter one of 30 fucking four chapters. Oh, I'm yeah. sorry. What? Go ahead. So... <laughs> She, Douglas, and her fiancé, no, her boyfriend, Robert, and his daughter, Gloria, are Mm -hmm. driving through the England countryside, and she is in the backseat with all of Gloria's luggage. Gloria's 13. Robert recently gained custody of her or something like that. Robert, like, shares custody of her. Doesn't matter. It's from an old wife who he calls frigid. Yeah. um, When really, he's just an abusive asshole. And they're all American, but Douglas thought that she was planning this really romantic month-long trip through the England countryside in summer so that Robert could propose to her. That's what she thinks. Well, they had this thing where they were going to date for a certain amount of time, I think a year, and then they were going to go to England. And then after that trip, they were going to decide whether they wanted to be together forever. So she's anticipating 
a proposal at the end of this thing. And he prefaces the whole thing by saying, I have a huge surprise for you. You're going to be so excited, blah, blah, blah. And instead of an engagement ring, it is his awful 13-year-old daughter who he spoils the crap out of and is a little tiny bit of a of a teenage sociopath. Right. And uh, really just wants to get rid of her. So she always um like makes up she hit me or she was really mean to me or she did blah blah blah. Like I actually had a bit of a I had a, a bit of a Gloria time period myself oh, when yeah? I, in my youth. Yeah. Not not Where like you were a Gloria? Well, depends on who you ask. <laughs> I'm asking you. (laughs) Well, so here's the thing. I had one really terrible stepmother who would do what Gloria did to me. So in Mm. front of me, she would be like really nasty. Like I used to, um, I was probably like 11 or 12 and I would like snuggle with my dad and, you know, like you do with your dad. It's just like, you know, things that normal kids do with their dad. And she told me at one point when he left the room that that was no longer my place. I was not allowed to snuggle with him in his chair or in in like on the couch or anything because that was her space now. And if I did, she would report him to child services. What? And then he walked back in the room and and it was like this night and day switch where she was just like, oh, I was just talking to Melody about this potted plant over here. And I was just like, what what world am I living in? What's real? Also, that's so suspicious. Who talks to a child about a potted plant? Suspicious. Yeah. Oh, that should suspicious. have raised your father's alarm bells immediately. No, I know he was <laughs> only thinking with his penis. She <laughs> she had this crazy. She rolls in with her U-Haul, right? And she had this insane uh, obsession with the jungle. So she no. had this. What? <laughs> what? It was so what? weird. It was so weird. So she, um, she was also like really tacky. So she starts, um, asking me to help her set up their new bedroom, and she puts like this canopy situation up around his bed, and then I am not shitting you. She had leopard print bedspreads and like tiger print pillowcases and all that sort of thing, and then she put vines and like flowers and stuff all around the canopy of the bed she turned their bedroom into jungle fever like out of like literal vines 86 literal like plastic you get them from michael's vines and it was so weird so i'm like forced to help this woman set up her sex jungle <laughs> my dad and like not okay. <laughs> anyway, I still have an absolute abhorrence for all things animal print as a result. So then, so I'm so scarred by this one woman. The next one that comes in, I was just like not having it. I was just like, Jen, you can be with my dad. That is perfectly fine, but we are not going to be friends. I am not going to like you. We will not have a relationship. One time I told her, not to worry her pretty little head. Oh, no. Can you imagine as an adult woman hearing that from like a 13-year-old? Uh-huh. I would have knocked my face off. Uh-huh. But, you know, I was scarred. Yeah. So I don't know what happened to Gloria before, but there may be extenuating circumstances. Maybe. <laughs> maybe not. <laughs> no, probably not. Robert is just absolutely atrocious. But here's what we know. Gloria's 13. She sucks. But Douglas hates her a lot. And Robert is putting her above Douglas. Completely. Gloria is in the front seat of the car driving around England. Douglas is in the back seat crushed up against Gloria's like obscene amount of luggage. Mm -hmm. And the sentence that is the worst sentence in this book is this. Tell me. As usual, Gloria was eating. Uh Uh-huh. 
Douglas shifted her slim legs to try to make herself more comfortable around Gloria's luggage. It doesn't sound that bad, but when you think about it, Douglas is sitting there being like, as usual, this fat 13-year-old. She talks about how this 13-year-old girl is fat constantly. She uses pudgy. She uses chubby. She uses fat. She uses, like, licking her fingers, I think, at one point. Gloria licked her fingers or something. And then this author wants to put, wants to squeeze into that sentence that Douglas has slim legs. And it made me Super thin, our Douglas. So much. Because... It's like the fatness of Gloria is used as a device to show us that she is, I don't know, slovenly, gluttonous. Terrible. Uh, yeah, awful. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like it's she's using unworthy. it as a syn- – Yeah, unworthy. Yes. Mm-hmm. She's using it as a synonym for like doesn't deserve love, which is the grossest thing in the world. Absolutely. And as a comparison to show us that the heroine – Right. Is not Beautiful. like that at all. Don't yeah. worry. She's thin, so she's pretty. And she deserves all the love. Right. She deserves a happy ending, our heroine, because uh-huh. of her slim figure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't really know what Douglas's face looks like. I know she has red hair. And at one point they yeah. mentioned her green eyes, but the rest of it is all her figure, how slim and beautiful her figure is. And it's just mm-hmm. so gross to me. Like the assumption Cringy in this book the whole is thing. that only thin women deserve love. Period. The end. Yep. Okay. So put make that your assumption and we'll move on. Yeah. All right. So they're tooling around, going to all the places in England. It's the end of the trip and there's a fancy dinner and Robert's going to give douglas something very special and he pulls out a jewelry box of jewelry and then hands it to gloria and it's an emerald bracelet and douglas loses her shit because that was supposed to be her engagement ring Mm -hmm. maybe rightfully so like i can i can feel kind of like feeling bad about that the other thing we have to tell you about this is that robert he's a surgeon meanwhile douglas is a school teacher Douglas does have um she's going to be inheriting millions when she's 35 but that's a good nine years away And until then, she has to live on what she makes. So at the beginning, Robert was like, book the whole trip, spare no expense. I want to stay at the nicest places. I want to do all the things, blah, blah, blah. And so Douglas is like, okay, great. Then right before the trip, he's like, P.S., we are splitting these expenses. So here's your bill. Yeah. Just so you know, you're paying for half of this. And she's like, ah, that's I would not have done this. I would not have have gone to these really nice places or whatever. And then when she shows up, he's like, oh, P.S., you're also paying for half of all of Gloria's expenses, including her plane ticket, because she's here for your enjoyment, too. And meanwhile, she saw this. So she's bearing all of this because she's like, "Okay, I saw that you wrote a check for five thousand dollars to a jewelry store. That is going to be my engagement ring. I'm getting my engagement. So like I can deal with this. And then that 5K that he can he has the money. He doesn't Uh have to split it with her. And now he spent 5K on his ungrateful fat daughter. Like, by the way, no, in Douglas's mind. (laughs) I just noticed one of my highlightings about this quote-unquote fat daughter. Mm. She sat on Robert's lap all five foot two inches, 140 pounds of her. Oh. Yeah. Not even fat. No. That's yeah. not but, I mean, not, it's not even for us to, ju- like, it doesn't matter if she actually was no. overweight or not. But the, the fact that that is the weight like, <laughs> blows my mind. Like, again, yeah. it doesn't matter what her weight is for. No. It do- she shouldn't be calling her anything. But, like. Jesus Christ. Anyway. Yeah. 
right. Yeah, well, I've got to move on. The, Sorry. The level I, that you're going to be judgy like crazy. It upsets me so much. Okay. All right. So she's upset. Then the next day, they go to a church, Ashburton Church. Sure. And yeah. in the church is a tomb of Nicholas Stafford, the Thornwick of Earl. And yeah. um, that's, that's right. when Gloria falls down, cuts herself on a tombstone, loses her bracelet, and they get in a big fight. Well, and then she's like, she's telling her, like, my dad doesn't even like you. He's just keeping you around for your inheritance. We laugh about you. We talk you. about you and laugh about you all the time. And so Douglas finally loses her, her head and slaps Gloria across the face yeah. just as Robert comes out to see that. So then Gloria's like, she beat me and look at my arm and blah. So they strand her there. And Gloria makes sure to pick up Douglas's purse with her passport and all her money and credit cards and everything. And they hightail it out of there and strand Douglas in a foreign country with nothing. Yeah. And no plane ticket back and nothing. So she's in the church, inconsolable, crying, 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 as she does at least every 30 pages for the entirety of the book. She loves crying. Um, loves and she's crying. not crying like, I'm in a bad situation. What do I do now? I'm in a foreign country with no money. And, no. you know, it's the 80s, so there's no cell phone or anything. And I don't know what to do. She's crying, quote, what is wrong with me? She cried. Yeah. She's crying about how she can't catch a man. Like, that's why yep. she's crying. And you learn all about her past problems with men. All the men she, she's dated. Blah, blah, blah. The <sighs> one that went to, to prison for grand theft and the one that la la la. And I'm like, well, why don't you stop defining yourself by the man you're with? Okay, let's move on. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, all I want uh. is a knight in shining armor. I just want a knight in shining oh. armor to swoop down off his horse and scoop me up and carry me into the castle. And my note was like... Well, you've got to have any qualities of any, like, a person that a person like that would want. Like, you're just a nothing. <laughs> like, you're just crying on the floor about not having a man. Like, no one wants that. But I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. Somebody you're, does you're want super that, wrong. apparently. Actually, like, somebody wants that cosmically because that is, you guys, the crying that Nicholas Stafford heard in his cell in 1564. And all of a sudden, he shows up in his um, in his ceremonial armor. He just materializes and he immediately calls her a witch. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. It's so good. Return me, witch. <laughs> I must go back. <laughs> and then She's like he holds her to sword point. Yeah. He backs her up against the wall. And puts his razor sharp sword against her throat and threatens her. And uh -huh. then at some point lets her go and she starts, you know, not running away. Because actually, I think he just, after that, he just puts her down in a pew and she cries more. Right. Um, Just can't stop sobbing our Douglas. No. And she thinks he's like an Elizabethan actor who's gone crazy. Yeah. Fine, whatever. Um, so she goes outside and she's decided she's going to call her family, which she doesn't want to do, but she needs money. And she's always calling her family to get out of jams and she's humiliated. My note here was like, she's like, well, I have to call my sister Elizabeth. It's like, does she have no friends? Is this a woman? <laughs> because she's like, it's either call my family or starve to death in England. Like, what right. do I do? And I'm like, you don't have one friend like that you can call? Well, with all of the 
description of like the way her relationship with Robert has been up until this point, it really seems like she's one of those people who like completely lose themselves to the relationship that they're in uh-huh. because she bent over backwards throughout their relationship to show him in her words that she was the exact opposite of his cold and frigid mother and former right. wife. Right. So she just devoted all of her time to keeping his house and being really a plus in the sack and, you know, doing all the things that you have to do to catch and keep a surgeon while also holding down a, a school teacher job. Yeah. And so, yeah, I don't think she has any friends because she only looks for male relationships. Like she only she only I mean, looks for romantic relationships. To be fair, I wouldn't be her friend. She's the fucking worst. <laughs> like we haven't even grazed the tip of the iceberg here. But like I just I'm just surprised that she couldn't find another awful woman to be her friend. That's all. <laughs> um so then, you know, Nicholas is like trouncing around on the grounds of the the church and he steps in front into the road and a bus is coming. This is the weirdest thing <sighs> to me. So a bus is coming. She sees that the bus is going to hit him, so she, like, runs and tackles him, and they kind of slide on his armor like it's, like, a like a right. boat, you know, and slide mm-hmm. out of harm's way, and then she's on top of him, and you guys get the trope. <clears throat> so, here's the thing. Nicholas, he was like, what manner of chariot is that? Like, I don't feel like time travel mm-hmm. erases the part of your brain where there's something hurtling toward you, whether you know what it is or not. Right. He was like, it was so quiet. And I was like, no, I'm sorry, it's, not. it's a gravel fucking road. Yeah. yeah. On I was a like, gravel what is road? Going on? Nothing about that is quiet. Like he went, he's he's like some kind of big tough knight, and he's just like, what is this curious? Like, <laughs> I, I, it was just so weird to me. I'm like, you deserve that's that's evolution. Like you deserve to go in that moment. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, thin the herd of Nicholas Stafford, Earl of Thornwick. So she saves him. She's like, I got to get you to some sort of insane asylum. Blah blah blah. And and then she's like, no, but actually, I just need to get out of here because she after she called her sister, she couldn't. She couldn't humble herself to ask for money because she was so embarrassed. So she's like, I just need 10 pounds to get a train to the next hotel so that I can get all of my stuff from Robert. And he's like, "Okay, well, fine. Like, here's 10 pounds. And he hands her whatever coins are in his pocket. And then she goes. And then the people, of course, are like, we don't take medieval times monies. What? Why? I don't understand. Well, and also you've been in England a month and you don't know what modern fucking money looks like. Yeah, she's like, like, England money confuses (laughs) me so much. It's like, yeah, you can't possibly be that confused. Right. Some of the coins are machine made and some of them are obviously handmade. Yeah, some of them weigh 50 pounds each. Like, (laughs) like when he hands her 10 pounds, doesn't it weigh 10 pounds? Isn't that what it used to be? It's like that, but it's it's actually It's got to be really heavy though, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's like a precious fucking metal. (laughs) whereas everything else is not like ah so then she finds out from the coin dealer that it's super legit and has to go back to be like hey this is actually worth 1500 modern monies so i can't accept it and he's like what did i not give you enough blah 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 and then of course we find out in the next chapter that's all from from his oh my god fucking awful perspective that um he has to he knows that the witch is the key to sending him back so he has to do everything in his power to keep her by his side right so that he can find out her secrets even if she doesn't yeah, know he knows cosmically that he was Ugh. writing from his cell where he was about to be executed for treason by elizabeth the first right first yeah <laughs> and um 
that he thinks that he's been brought forward in time so that she can help him find the answer to who betrayed him and accused him of treason and all that kind of stuff. So he right. knows that cosmically. <sighs> so, yeah, they go back and do that whole thing. I don't, the exposition in this book is so fucking tedious. That's why I told Tanya, like, yeah. leave out the feminism. This just isn't a good book. Like, we go back and we have to do that whole thing again from start to finish from his perspective. I don't know why. Yeah, the exact same interaction. Oh, my God. So anyway, he hires her, basically. He's like, I just need you to get me around. I need you to show me things. I need you to get me a place to sleep and some clothes or whatever. And she's like, okay, I'll take care of you for 50 pounds or $50, she says. And like, the other thing is, Douglas is a little bit too fastidious in some really stupid ways and i'll get to that later yeah me too so then we spend two chapters watching them shop yeah like shop and shop and shop they have to get they have to put take off his england clothes yeah and put on his new clothes this is where we find out he has a great Uh, body in case you're wondering yeah great muscle body Here's the thing. She, he also has, like, one of those, like, pointed beards that, like, Shakespeare has. Oh, my God. And I just, uh-huh. I don't care what kind of handsomest face that is Nothing on. And he has that. black curly hair. So, like, put those yeah. two things together on, I don't know, whoever's your thing. Put those on Chris Pine, all right? He's not, you're not going to yeah. be into it. Not hot. No. Not hot. <laughs> put that on David Beckham and he is unfuckable. Right, exactly. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> You, you look at the cover of this book and it is a different facial hair situation for obvious reasons. Is. Anyway, sorry. So we're shopping. We're shopping. We're doing shopping. Oh, we're doing all the shopping. He wants fancier clothes than the modern times. Oh, yeah. And here's a line. He wants embroidery on everything. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Because he's a fancy pants, little fancy pants boy. So he wants he wants bilious pantaloons. Yeah. So hot. Just what I dream about at night is a man who can really appreciate some fine embroidery and one's fucking emeralds in his hair. Okay, so she says to him, he's like, I need something with more fancier stuff. And she's like, women don't sew like that anymore. Then she paused because she did find a shirt that had embroidery on it. She said... But of course, women, some women somewhere still sewed like that because some woman in this century had sewn that shirt, hadn't she? And I just was like, what? <sighs> you think that a woman sat down and meticulously embroidered? Like, first of all, it didn't have to be a woman. Second, like, are you so dumb that you think that that's how that goes? Yeah, you don't think that there's now a machine that will automatically embroider everything? And I'll tell you, like, it's called an embroidery machine. And it just it goes is. ahead and fucking does that in the 80s. It's I really think even in the 70s. Yeah. It's not <laughs> hard. Okay. Well, and also, of course, there are tailors still. Of course, there are seamstresses. Of course, you would get your wedding dress fucking Douglas Montgomery. How do you not know after dreaming <laughs> of your fucking wedding for forever yeah. that you can have a lady hand tailor an ornate fucking wedding dress yeah. for you uh-huh. with embroidery? What kind of heterosexual wedding file are you <laughs> that you don't know that? I don't even know why we're so mad about this, but we are <laughs> so mad. It's like the least thing, but I was so <laughs> mad I highlighted it. 
<laughs> so then he can't figure out how to work the zipper on his pants. Yeah, yeah. And I thought to myself, this is an injury waiting to happen. And I was very happy later on. Yeah. Okay, go ahead, Aaron. But I'm I'm like, okay, here we go. Like, all right, Aaron, just nullify those blue-black curls and that pointy beard. Yeah. And just be in Erase it. be in this dressing room smushed up against him with the with the zipper, <laughs> and she's trying to show him the zipper, and then it reads, she was squashed in a dressing room with a strange man who couldn't figure out how to work a zipper on the front of his trousers. Here, like, she started to show him on the trousers he had on, but then thought better of that. Taking a pair hanging from a hook, she showed him the zipper and then the snaps. And I'm like, why? Why? It's a romance, it's a novel. romance novel. Show him <laughs> on the zipper that's on his penis. I'm that sorry. is correct. <laughs> Jesus. Just accidentally nudge something for like, Christ's God sake. damn it. Give me something. Oh. Anyway, I'm so yeah. mad. No, you don't get anything. Like, what kind you of book are you in, anything. Douglas? <laughs> it's a shopping book. Okay. That's the kind of book she's so in. So then, yeah, it really is. This is Douglas the personal fucking shopper slash historical researcher. That's what this fucking book is. Okay. So they go to check out. He promptly assaults the clerk because <laughs> he could hire 24 men for the price he's paying for these trousers. He could buy Highway 24 robbery. men for the price he's paying he for these trousers. Them. Yeah, yeah, colonialism was really, really fucked up. <laughs> so then they, she finds him some lodging. At some point, she introduces him to tea, but I don't fucking know if it's now. They go do is tea time. I think it's this, because the next thing I have highlighted is about tea. He doesn't know Good. about tea because um, it's still, I think, Chinese only at that time. Yeah. So she introduces him to tea and scones. He loves it. But she talks about how much she likes tea and she likes sipping delicious hot tea and eating a scone or five scones as Gloria did, she thought with a grimace. I'm like, you are with a literal knight from medieval times buying modern clothes. Like, this is a very interesting thing that's happening to you. Why are you still thinking about how fat Gloria is? Like, just yeah, let it Douglas. go. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah. Anyway. Get out of her dinner plate. Thank you very much. Right. Yeah. So then she finds him some lodging and promptly goes to settle up. And here is one of the ways Douglas is a fucking idiot. She agreed to $50, right? Because she's American. Then all of a sudden he's starting to count out some monies for her. And she's like, oh, fuck. $50 is only like 30 pounds. And I'm like, Douglas, first of all, you can just think to yourself, Said dollars meant pounds. Actually need 50 pounds to sleep somewhere tonight. Give me 50 pounds. That's what we agreed to. Not only would you not be ripping him off, but like you're fucked otherwise. Yeah, and he's been nothing but like crazy generous with like throwing these coins at her. So why not just ask for 10 more dollars? Because it's like she asked for 50. Super simple. He's giving her 30 and it costs 40 to sleep in this bed and breakfast. So just be like, hey, could you just give me a broom, bro? Like that's right. But she's so fucking meek and terrible. She won't speak up about it. (laughs) So. So she leaves. She fucks off. He goes to sleep. And all of a sudden he feels a yearning, a calling, well, a cosmic First he goes in the hotel room and tries to figure out things like toilets and lights oh, yeah, and he stuff. Can't. He can't figure yeah, out Yeah, we anything. had to watch that. It's, he's in the dark. So Ugh. he goes and shits in the bushes. He may have peed, but I like to think he shat in the bushes. <laughs> I like to think he definitely shat. He's like, oh, there's no privy in here. I don't know what to do. I'll go shit in the bushes. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> it's a regular Tuesday for <laughs> Nicholas. <laughs> then he feels a pull toward his mystery woman he knows she's crying somewhere so he he goes all over hill and dale he finds her just 
keening in a goddamn leaky shed because she's a fucking idiot. Just stay in the lobby of the fucking hotel. Right. Like, what? Find us, like, oh, God. Be a little bit resourceful. uh, Douglas, go to a house and be like, hi, I'm an American school teacher. To teach children children. at a school. Yeah, I know. So he finds her. She is so, so incapacitated and helpless that he has to pick her up bodily and carry her uh, the, I don't know, two miles it is back to the bed and fucking breakfast. Yeah. I mean, I don't mind a white medieval shirt, linen shirt sticking to a sexy knight in shining armor in the rain. Sure. I don't mind it. I don't mind being carried for no. two miles. But at this point, I was just like... I hate both of you. I was so mad at her for even being in this yeah. situation. So <sighs> she tells him all about how Robert left her and he's like, a man in yeah. my time would never do such a thing and leave unattended a woman and blah 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 out to the elements and he's a fucking liar because he does it to her all the fucking time all the time every time she turns around he has left her somewhere this book really (laughs) wants us to think that men in medieval times are somehow better because they're more like chivalrous and their marriage is like a contract yeah and and men now we just give them we're giving away the milk cart for free correct yeah and back then there's a dowry that is a partnership and everything back then you had to buy that cow or whatever Um, but Ugh. he completely like turns that on its head over and over and over again, and the author doesn't seem to notice. Oh, I have the note. This is how Shades of Vampire should have been: colon shitting in rose bushes. Like that's what Derek <laughs> should have been doing too. Is like shitting yes. in rose bushes instead of just totally knowing <laughs> what was up. Anyway. <laughs> No, a lot of it was very believable. Don't get me wrong. It was just like, I don't need to see him freak out over a movie theater or whatever he's doing. Like, I I know that. It's not interesting, everybody. (laughs) I also have, he stepped into the leaking shed, bent, and lifted her into his arms. Quote, I do not know who is the more helpless, he said. You or I. And I was like, definitely her, because she's in a fucking (laughs) barn right now. Like, it's definitely (laughs) her. And she lives here in this time. Uh-huh. Anyway. Uh-huh. All right. Yep. Okay. Okay. So he's like, I can't believe that this dude would do that to you. Like, is he actually a good man? Because Douglas P.S. is still oh, convinced that she's still in fault. love. He's still in love with her. It's her fault. He's going to come back to get her. So basically, she agrees that she's going to help him figure out his life until Robert, comes Robert back. returns. She says, Robert was such a great catch, but I couldn't hold on to him. Oh, Nicholas, Ugh. what am I going to do? Ugh. Die. Oh, Nicholas, what is she going to do <sighs> except fall into your penis? Never. Oh. Takes forever you for know that what? to happen. I think I may have lied about the worst line in the book because the worst line of the book is coming up right now. Oh, yeah. I think you're going to know where we're at when I start to talk Mm -hmm. about this. So she hasn't. I'm into it. So she was out in the barn. She's been out in the elements. Like, she finally gets to a hotel and she glimpses herself in the mirror. Mm. Do you know the one? Mm -hmm. All right. She looked at her hair. Her eyes were still red. Her hair was a tangled, frizzy mess. And she knew she had no way to repair the damage because she doesn't have a comb. She doesn't have makeup. She doesn't have anything. Right. And as she looked into the mirror, she thought. That if all women had to confront the world with the face God made them, there would be a great increase in female suicides. <laughs> I wish you guys could see Melody right now. She can't. She just she's just frozen her hands in front of her face. It upset me so. I'm basically, one of much. those mimes stuck in the glass see, she box. Is, like she's just frozen. <laughs> I can't. Oh my god! I have that highlighted too. Oh god. Yeah. 
All right. Oh, boy. So, I don't know. They keep going back to the church and trying to get him to go back to medieval. He wants to go back. I don't know. What are They just traipse around for a while, right? Yeah, they, yeah, it's, they're fucking aimless for a really long time. And then they finally decide that they are going to solve the mystery that is who betrayed him who turned him in for yeah. for treason he didn't commit so okay let's do a quick roundup on nicholas stafford the thornwick earl he was in a cell because somebody lied to queen elizabeth the first and told her that he was raising an army against her when really he was just he just raised an army without permission forgot to ask he was trying yeah, to protect his and, lands in scotland right in wales and yeah and then <laughs> so a couple of other backstory things that are going to be important later on. It takes a really fucking long time for them to pay off. Yeah. Is that um, he is the second son. He was not supposed to be the Earl. His older brother died in a mysterious drowning accident because he was trying to get up on a naked lady in a lake and he sent his guys off so that he could either seduce her or rape her, I think. And um, then he drowned. Then the next thing that happened is that Nicholas's son from his previous ma- marriage died before the age of one in some kind of um, fall. In some kind of fall, and then um, what else? He has a. He, why, I think those are the only like two major things. He has sex with oh, his oh, mistress. Oh. He has a many sexes with all of the mistresses, but one in particular we find out through their travels was on a table. She was a married woman. He was not at that time. He impregnated her, and she and yeah. the child died in childbirth. Yes, and it's all that history remembers him for. Right. So thus begins a good hmm, two hundred and fifty pages <laughs> of them. Going from the bed and breakfast to an old house to tea to shopping more uh-huh. to a movie theater back to the bed and breakfast yeah. to another old house to tea. He's always trying to get like a medieval banquet out of lunch. And she's like, we eat cucumber sandwiches now for lunch. He can't get enough of cottage cream, cream on scones. Like they do a couple of cute things. Um, like they play some pranks on each other, which is pretty fun. No, don't. But even like, that was really no. annoying. The, uh, I'm trying so hard to because, make them likable. No, because but really, I would have punched her in the fucking face had she done this to me. Of 250 pages, there is one yeah. page where they do a kind of cute, but also kind of heinous prank. And if this happened yeah. in any other book, if this happened in a Penny Reed book, if this happened in a Courtney Milan mm-hmm. book, we would be like, ugh. That one page Get him out of here. But this is the gloomiest, most brightest star page in this book. I know. I know. She wakes him up by turning the radio on on full blast, and then he puts shampoo on her toothbrush. Yep. But the whole rest of the time, he is ignoring her. He's mean to her. He, I just. Or he's like, he's just treating her like a servant all the time. And she's like, oh, look at these little breadcrumbs of affection he's giving me. I'm so good at doing this and isn't he dreamy and like at some point he um he has a nightmare and so I thought this would work for me uh-uh. because it worked for me in um in Tessa Dare's book she jumps into bed with him and he pretends not to notice but he definitely notices they're starting to like each other oh she also thinks that he's completely insane until He's like, how do I prove this to you? And she's like, find me buried treasure. So they go to another old house. They go to the old house that he drafted plans for because apparently he was like a medieval architect prodigy. And he goes into a secret passage 
and finds this box of like an emerald ring and a brooch and a whatever Mm. else that nobody else knew was there and was obviously from 400 years ago. So at that point, she finally believes that he's from medieval times. Yeah. Okay, so should we just skip ahead to when they finally decide to go to the tower where the new evidence is? Sure. Okay. So they go to a few other houses and they find out that he was betrayed, that that all they remember is his uh, rakishness and and how he was a total, what do they call them? A wastrel? Yeah. And he's really sad about that because he's like, I was an architect. I was learned. I was, I had all these monks working 24 hours a day talking about books. Uh (laughs) Just the worst. And then they decide that they have to go to this place because there's new evidence about who betrayed him. And there's this American scholar that is going to figure it out. Oh, this is one of the places where he leaves her twice. Yeah. They get on horses. Right. And there's a lot of times when she's following him and she can't keep up and he just fucks off. But by (laughs) then, this is by the time that she's like deciding that if he's going to treat her as a servant, she's going to treat him as her master, right? Boss. Okay. Yeah. Because he earlier tried to seduce her. And, oh God, I just, I want to find it But not even like to seduce her. It was it was to find out something from her or it was, you know what I mean? Oh, also, Robert comes back. I'm sorry, you guys. We're all over yeah, the place. Sorry. We just decided we couldn't, we couldn't take, take notes, notes on this thing. This it was long. so much. OK, so Robert was not going to come back. Right. And she was like, oh, I found this bracelet the seventh time I went back to the fucking church so that we could watch him pray more on the page. Uh-huh. She finds the bracelet. And so she's like, she tells the vicar. If Robert calls about the bracelet, tell him that he has to come see me. Right. And she still thinks that this makes him an okay guy who loves her. Right. Bribing him with a bracelet. Mm-hmm. Not, not even a bribe, but like yeah. trapping him. I don't know how to. When she's, I don't when have she's the right snuggling words. in with Nicholas, she's thinking in her head, but I still love Robert, right? Like we're just in a fight. And could I have fallen out of love with one man so quickly and into love with another man so quickly over one fight and blah, blah, blah. She's like, she's still in love with Robert, but for no reason whatsoever. For no reason. And we're supposed to think, so two things. One, we're supposed to think that she's coming to this conclusion because she sees this paragon of what a man should be in front of her. P.S. She does not. But also, do you remember in Firelight where we were like, we thought the age difference was going to be creepy, Uh but because of this this woman's internal monologue and like the way that she is so Uh self-assured and the way she like, she has so much agency, her internal monologue was amazing. Mm -hmm. This bitches just made me want to murder everyone. Ugh. She's always questioning herself. She's always like, but could I? Yeah. Is it possible? Just... Like, fuck everything. So All right. Robert comes back is like, I want the bracelet. I want you to come back with us. I'll let you sit in the front seat of the car. Half the time. And she's <laughs> kind of like, ooh, I don't know what to do. And Nicholas basically just shoves him out the door and is like, she doesn't want you no more. And remember, in his internal monologue, we find out that it's still just because he needs to keep her by his right. side because he doesn't know the answer yet. Right. Meanwhile, she is frozen on a sofa, head in her hands, being like, why can't I make just one decision? Oh, I know. She goes to sleep that night <sighs> and she, it says, Douglas awoke with a start and she's, and when she saw she was alone, a sense of panic gripped her, but she calmed herself. Then the scene when Robert came back to her, had she done the right thing? 
Should she have gone after him? After all, Robert did apologize, sort of. He'd explained why he'd left her. He thought she was refusing to travel with him. And maybe Gloria had picked up her handbag innocently. And it goes through this whole thing of like, should she choose Nicholas who's terrible for her or Robert who's terrible for her? And I just, in all caps, I was like, you can choose neither one. You do not have to just jump from island to island of man. Like you can, you can just, you know, swim. What a great analogy I made. Look at that. (laughs) I owe. Okay. So the other thing that I'm having a little bit of a problem with is that um okay so quick aside on the book in general sorry everybody this was part of the call with tanya is that apparently there was this big hullabaloo with this book because the first time it was released people were really super pissed about the ending oh which i can't even fathom because i think the ending is uh the only possible way this could have ended without rage yeah 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 so then there was this big to-do because Jude Devereaux was apparently like, don't worry, guys, I'm releasing another iteration where, like, things are better. And everybody was like, oh, maybe she did, like, a choose-your-own-adventure kind of ending where something else happens or, you know, there was a lot of speculation. Basically, it was the same goddamn book, except that I guess she added, like, 50 or so more pages to, like, show how terrible Robert was, maybe. Oh. Because... I, and then added the author's note because the author's note is all about how this book is about alcoholism and like Robert is apparently supposed to be what's called a dry drunk. I'm not sure if that's a term anymore. I think that might be some some late 80s. Yeah. Uh, He's just a narcissist. He's just a. Yeah. 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 But anyway, it's supposed to be all about how, yes, Robert is actually terrible. He is abusive. He does gaslight her for over a year. So on the one but hand, like, so enduring all Nicholas. of her. Like, I'm no, sorry. no, okay, I know sorry. that. But so after reading that, because, you know, the first read through, I was just like constantly tossing my phone down. I almost DNF'd this thing. If not for the podcast, I never would have made it through this thing because all of her internal monologue is just like, maybe Gloria did pick up her handbag by accident. But like earlier in the book you watch her acknowledge the fact that gloria is like waving her handbag at her mocking Mm -hmm. her as they drive away and i sort of understand it from the perspective of douglas being in the midst of an abusive relationship for a while but it was just it wasn't obvious enough because it never made douglas redeemable it only made her annoying yeah because it's just not obvious Mm -hmm. and jude Devereaux was like I wanted to do this book about alcoholism without ever actually telling you or showing you that it was about this dynamic. And I'm like, you really needed that because I just hated her. Well, no, I think what she really needed was then if you're going to have the villain be this dry drunk and have this gaslighting narcissistic dynamic, then you also need to have the hero not have this gaslighting narcissistic dynamic. Yeah. Because Nicholas does the same thing to her over and over and over yeah. in this book. He is awful. Completely. He is diabolical at some points. Yeah. And I don't I don't know if it's because of like the medieval times mentality that she needed to bring to it. He was the Earl. So like everybody below him was like less than human and whatever. Yeah. But if that's the case, then you needed to bring like a, I don't know. A not medieval times. Like, this shouldn't have been a time travel book. This should have been a 1988 contemporary book. Or if you needed the comparison. There are things about Nicholas that are... Or you should have brought over Kit. Yeah. (laughs) 
for there his are older things brother. about Nicholas that are so <laughs> terrible and have nothing to do with the medieval times setting. Yeah. For example, the next thing that happens is this. Oh, yeah. Tell me. We go to Nicholas's perspective after the whole Robert snafu. Uh-huh. And he, for the first time in the entire book, and we are on page 129 now, tells us that he is attracted to Douglas. He's like, mm-hmm. she's super pretty. I really want to have sex with her. Like, this is the, like, literally the first time he's even acknowledged that she's, like, a breathing human that can't, isn't just a device. Oh, yeah. And I think this is also when we find out that he was actually awake when she was snuggling him. Oh, and, and, sorry, Aaron, what he really likes about her more than just her body is the fact that she's so generous and she will put aside her entire life. Just to help uh-huh. him. That's what he likes. Yeah, I've got I've got a highlight on Sorry. that a little later. But put a oh, pin yeah, in that please, one please. about Douglas being pinned. a generous person. Harumph. <laughs> I'm a, I'm I'm pinned. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he loves that she would just give him everything if it came down to it. Like that's mm. the number one thing. So he's thinking about like, man, I'd really like to touch those boobs. Mm. And he's like, no. I shouldn't because he keeps taunting her that she is in love with him. She is attracted to him. He keeps seducing her into stuff like they're at lunch one day and he starts kissing up her arms so that she'll do something for him. I don't remember what it is. Mm -hmm. He like pins her up against a wall in Thornwick Castle and is like, because he wants to go back to the hotel and he's like, I'm going to seduce my way back to the hotel. He's And he's like, you're in love with me. (laughs) Ha 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 ha. And it's uh-huh. awful for her because she is in love with him. I don't know why, but the point is she is, I guess. And Because he's a man who's looking at her right now. Yeah, I guess. But that's why. He's just taunting her about it. And it's it's really mean. Yeah. Because then he just turns it off. Right. Yeah. Then he's just cold. He, he blatantly says to her, ha ha ha, I seduce you into doing this thing because you're in love with me. Ha ha ha. Uh-huh. And so this night, he's like, okay, I really want her to... But I'm going to go back to my own time. So if I have sex with her, she's going to be like really, really upset that I go back to my own time because she's such an idiot. She's so in love with me and like, you know, I'm so great. So here's what he does. When she snuggles up with him that night, he starts smooching mm-hmm. on her. He's kissing her hair. He's licking her. He's His hand's running up and down her body and touching her breast and he stuff. He fully grabs a breast. Right. So in his monologue, he's like, tonight I will tell her that I have a wife back in my time and I'm very in love with my wife and so I can't be with her. Yeah. Instead of just saying that, which is what a good person would do, he starts like doing sex to her and she's like, ooh, yes, the sex is happening. This is good. Uh He does love me. He's into it. There's going to be like a love story here. (laughs) And then he whispers into her ear, Latisse. And she's like, (laughs) Latisse, who's Latisse? He's like, my wife, who is so much more beautiful than you. And I'm so in love with her. Yeah. And she's like, what? Wait, what? And he's like, yeah, my wife. I I love her so much. Still kissing on her. And she's just like, lettuce. Oh, I just love you. (laughs) Lettuce, lettuce. Oh, yeah, because spells lettuce. I've been called carrots. And I've been, no, I think it's also pronounced that way just because she's like, no way. I, I thought so, too. I thought so, too. I thought it was Latisse. But then she's like, I've been called carrots, but I've never been called lettuce. I just, I feel like it can't be pronounced lettuce. It has to I be. Know, but I just thought happened. maybe he said Latisse and she was like making a no. joke. Anyway, so she's like, I'm not going to have sex with you if you're in love with your wife who exists. And, and he's like, oh, yeah, but let's still do it, baby. Like, and he's like, what are you mad about? Are you mad that we broke off our lovemaking that was so good because I'm so great? And he's like, because we can go back to the bed and finish it up. He's so awful to her. It's like, it's diabolical. 
And that is him being like, I'm going to spare her. I am such a good man that I'm going to spare her by pulling this awful, awful mind game on her. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's his that's his version of being nice. Lettering her and down then easy. He turns it on her. She's like, that was an awful thing for you oh, to yeah. do is to start making love to me and then say your wife's name. That was a terrible thing that you did. And then he says, they get in a little fight, and he says, Madame, you place yourself in my bed. I am but a man. Therefore, I am weak. So, it, it, and uh-huh. then she's like, oh, my God, he's right. I oh my have gosh, been I guess. doing this. Yeah, I've just been rubbing my booty all up on you. I can't. She Then she blames herself for this yeah. whole thing. And it is. It's horrendous. It made my stomach hurt. Same. And so then afterwards, like, this is the one, this is the one time that I really liked her, even though it was still insufferable. Uh-huh. She just started going full medieval servant slash secretary. She was just like, all right, if that's the case, you are my employer. I will only call you my lord. I will always like make sure there's a cot in the room. I only sign in under your name. I, you know, like I will not go to meals with you anymore because we are not like that. You have made it very clear that you don't want me that way. So then we go through a whole, a really long time. I I mean, I think that this is my, this is my Aaron's version of 45 minutes because it's literally like a hundred pages of them being snippy with each other and him being like, I don't like when she's like this with me. Oh, but wait, it has to be like this. I'm sorry. I found the passage. Yeah, please. She says, I'm sorry about all this after this horrible thing where he like tries to do her up. She says, I'm sorry about all this. Maybe you should just get somebody else to help you. I've got a passport now and a plane ticket. I think it's just better to go home. And he says, ah, yes, I see you are a coward. And she's like, I'm not a coward. I'm no such thing. And he said, you've fallen in love with me. He said with a sigh of resignation, all women do. It's a curse that plagues me much. I cannot spend three days with a woman and have her not come to my bed. Think not on it. I do not blame you. (sighs) He put his hand on her arm. You are angry at me that I kissed you? And she says, I'm angry at you because she turned away. Why was she angry at him? She, He had awakened and found her in his bed and he'd started kissing her. Before today, he hadn't made a pass at her. He had been anything but a gentleman. Never once had he even hinted that they were more than employer and employee. It was her that had made everything up. When in reality, he's made several passes at her. Yeah. And I just wrote, stop it, stop it. He's gaslighting you. Like, yeah, Jesus. Anyway, sorry. I know that's going back in time, but that was just a particularly heinous passage. I am all a fucking about it. Okay, so let's fast forward. They end up at this place with the ancestor of the lady he did on the table who bore his child. Arabella. Arabella, yes. Who is also named Arabella because everything has to be just completely sink right up. Yep. Yeah, the the person that Robert is most like in the in the past time is also named Robert. Mm-hmm. The only people that don't have the same name are um are Gloria and the other fat petulant child yeah. from yeah. <laughs> from medieval times. So anyway, sorry. She switches to when they get to this castle, they're going to stay there for a while mostly because Arabella, new Arabella, current Arabella has the hots for Nicholas and she's going yeah. to use this library that's the it's it's one of his homes, but in modern times, and she's going to use right. this library to try to figure out who betrayed him. And there's a scholar that, that's there who's trying to figure out the same thing. Yeah, the American scholar, and he has all of the paperwork they found in a wall somewhere. Yeah, Lee. Who cares? Poor Lee. Poor Lee. 
poor Lee, who is only unattractive because he is short. Oh, God. Can we just say that out Ugh. loud? And he's not short. I think he's, what, 5'8"? Yeah, he's not even that short, anyway. That's the average size yeah. in America right now. Yeah. <sighs> okay, so... Okay. Um, She's now just calling him sir and my lord and everything, and... She's using yeah. it as like a little power grab kind of because it's annoying the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. But to me, I just, I couldn't, it made me feel so awful it. because I was like, now she's just literally acting the way, like she's just yeah. pushing herself into that subservient role that's just so gross. Mm-hmm. I, I just, I hated mm-hmm. it. So they do a bunch of research. He's having sex with Arabella and she keeps trying to interrupt them having sex. It's it's so desperate and awful. Yeah. Like they're they're doing sex and Yeah, she keeps on oh my god, she keeps on just showing up to Arabella's private room. And just barging in. And being like, Oh hey, I have this calculator. Weird, right? Just thought you might need it with all of the research you're doing in bed without clothes on. Yeah. And then, of course, Nicholas is like, calculator, show me how it works. And he like spends the rest of the night with the device. And that's her. That's the way she does the same thing later on with the TV. But every single time she's just walking in on Arabella half naked at like midnight. It's so desperate and sad. It's weird. Yeah. It's fully, fully desperate and weird. Um, And then he sort of does the same thing to her when she goes up to Lee's room. She drugs Lee. Yeah. Instead of being like, hey, I'm not actually interested in you sexually, she drugs him. Yeah. She tranquilizes him without his permission. To make him fall asleep oh, and God. rifle through his stuff because she knows that he's found out this secret, but he doesn't want to tell her the because he's going to write a book about it. Yeah. Um, also, oh. I just want to say this. So she thought yeah, this please. whole time, even though he's told her multiple times that he came forward into the future whilst writing his mother a letter in the cell. Mm-hmm. She has noticed that he can't read. So anything that has print on it, he's been like, "Uh, read it to me. And she's like, oh, what a poor guy. He can't read. Aw. He definitely can read. Like, he was an earl. Like, he can read. You dunce. Yeah. Like, they just had different typeface back then is probably the problem. Right. So then she says something like that to him in the library. And she's like, I can teach you to read. I'm a teacher. And he's like, I can read a bitch. And then goes and finds some, like, old typeface thing of Romeo and Juliet Mm -hmm. and then sits there and reads it while she does research for him. Then he says, foolish children, he said, moving his food about on his plate. This is literally, he closes the book and then is moving the food around on his plate. Mm -hmm. If they had listened to their parents, they would have lived. Your world fosters such disobedience. First of all, Romeo and Juliet were in your time. It was being written. Written. Yep. And so he's Written like in fifteen, like fifties. These stories point. of your time. What idiots! <laughs> what love of your time! And I'm like, this is a story and from your time. Like, like, I don't get the it. The only reason you could read it's it because is it's because it was an old time English like, I was just writing. Like, yeah. Anyway, he was like, <laughs> your world fosters such disobedience. What children? In the play, he said, Juliet and he paused, trying to remember. And I'm like, you just fucking read. You just read it. it. Like, you yeah. closed the you book. You just closed the fucking book. Then said And this. it's on the, the title page. Yeah. His name is the name of it. Yeah. <laughs> and she's like, Romeo and Juliet? You just finished reading Romeo and Juliet? And I'm like, this is the dumbest man in the history of time. Like, anyway, sorry. I just I mean, had to say this. I of them. Uh, <sighs> okay. So let's basically, he does a lot of making out with Arabella. She hates it. At some point, they're in the library because she's really jealous. And he's like, you think that I don't want you? Uh, like, of course I want you. Blah, blah, I want blah. you so much. But then they get interrupted and it's fine. And and of course it's like, it's like the most tortured. 
for no reason. This man has not been tortured about a single fucking thing. Uh-uh. He has shown no propensity to that sort of emotion up until this point. Not even in his inner monologue. And now he's just like, oh, of course I want uh-huh. you. All right, well, going to go shooting. They're going to show me how to use a shotgun. Yeah, I'm going to go make out with Arabella more. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's awful. And then she figures something out. Mm. She's like, how weird it was that your brother went on this hunting trip and then drowned with no witnesses. Maybe there was foul play there because if he drowned, that would make you the Earl. Maybe somebody wanted you to be right. the Earl so that they could be the lady who's married to the Earl. The Earl S. I don't know. I don't remember what Earl ladies are. Sure. Nobody cares. But she, hey, thanks for coming on to my team. Nobody does care. Thank you, Melody. So, okay. <laughs> So she says that. How odd that your brother drowned with no witnesses to attest to what happened. And then a few years later, you are tried for treason. It's almost as though somebody planned to take the Stafford estates. Nicholas's face changed. He looked at her with that expression men have when a woman says something they've not thought of, as though something impossible had happened. And I'm like, okay, first of all, just shove that feminism aside. Whatever you need to do, just choke it down. Shove it aside. Well, I will. If this had happened, this... (laughs) curious medieval like who killed who stuff is like everywhere it's all we see the only thing that's in the history books about nicholas and his brother is like it was good at monies and nicholas was good at fucking that's the only thing that's in the history books (laughs) if he died if kit died under mysterious circumstances and then nicholas blah 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 blah, blah, this would be Uh like i've i've watched the white princess like i know how much people care about this shit and the two kids in the tower and everything this would be all over the history books anyway it didn't it was not believable to me that the history it books totally, just talk yeah, about how right. good he was at fucking. Like, somebody put two and two together before stupid-ass Douglas. That's all I have to say about that. Right. Yeah, completely. All right. So, oh, oh, and then she's like, you know what I'm going to do, everybody? I am going to get to his heart via his tummy parts. Uh. And she decides to make him fried chicken and mashed potatoes and brownies. Yeah. And they eat it outside. And he shows her... Uh, he gives her a ring affection for the first time yeah he gives her his emerald ring and okay good so then she finds out that the american scholar knows who did it but he hid the letter which is why they haven't found it yet Uh uh-huh so they hold the scholar up uh its sword point i think nicholas is in his full armor at that point because they're convinced that he will return to medieval times as soon as he knows the name. That's going to make him disappear into the time gap. Right. So he, so there, (laughs) he's like, tell me who it is. And she's like, no, no, don't leave me. Blah, blah, blah. So he says the name. It's Arabella. What's her nuts's husband. Holy shit, guys. Oh my God. And she then immediately tackles him because she thinks if i'm attached to him while he's disappearing into the wormhole i'll get to go too uh-huh. which like never never go to medieval no. times if you have a vagina do not go- don't, don't go do if you have it. a penis just don't go don't go just don't go if you're any yeah, but kind it- of creature don't go because yeah, even if you're go. a man you're not gonna be like most of the people back yeah. then, it wasn't going well. No, it wasn't. But I'm just saying it, men rarely got, like, men rarely sneezed 
and then got burned at the stake as a result. Sure, but men whereas a lady might sneezed and then just fell over dead and then, and then died. Yeah. yeah, it's like oh no, sneezed, I've got a cut fell out. and I'm dead. Like it's just <laughs> I'm dead. constant. I mean, if that's what, if you're into getting like crazy infections that are like boils all over your face and then yeah, shitting in bushes times. and just like never cleaning your teeth. <laughs> Sure. Get there. Take the express train. You're totally right. Okay. So he doesn't disappear, everybody. We spend a lot more pages of them really befuddled as to why he doesn't disappear. He goes to pray at the church more because he's got to get back, got to get back, got to get back. And then they bone. And it is fine. I was going to say not exciting. It is. Yeah, fine. What it is. It is inevitable. That's, then it's done. Yeah. He tears her nighty a little. They do it in the shower at some point, and then they do it again after breakfast on the floor. And then they go back to the church because he's like, I got to try maybe one more time. And she's like, why would you do that? Yeah, she's like, stay in modern times with me. And he decides to stay in modern times, but he's like, I just have to pray for forgiveness. And I'm like, yeah, you fucker. You don't need to pray for forgiveness. You're just trying again. But like the first four times he goes to the church, he's praying to go back and she's like, just stay with me. And he's like, my honor, my family, how history remember me. And she's like, I don't care about any of that shit. Just stay here with me. And so he's going in there and praying because he really wants to go home in ostensibly to his... She's outside beautiful wife. Yeah, he's like, I need to return to my wife. I have to return to my wife. He's keeping that lie alive. He's in love with his wife. Yeah. I forgot. Yeah, and she oh she is praying. So he's <sighs> inside the church praying to please return to his he doesn't really love his wife. He hates his wife, but he wants her to think hates that he wife. loves his wife so that she's not, I don't know, sad. And then she he's praying to go back to his mother and his brother. He doesn't want them to die and all this kind of stuff. So she's outside. No, he just doesn't want the the line. He doesn't think that he can save Kit. Oh, okay. Well, That's he done. wants yeah, to yeah. go back. Period. Yes. She is outside right. praying that it won't work. That he's she's yep. countering his prayers. And I'm like, this isn't And sobbing quietly. This isn't love. The only time she sobs quietly. Yeah, not That's love. That's not love. Not love. If you're, you're in love no. with the medieval knight, that all he wants to do is go back home to his beautiful wife and preserve his family line, let him go. Mm-hmm. You let him go because you want him to be happy. Yeah, that's love. You don't pray jealously to keep him with you and keep him away. Mm -hmm. And she knows that he's like in love with his beautiful wife. And every night she's like spritzing on the perfume and like doing up the lingerie and like taking that Aquanet and just (laughs) all over her (laughs) hairs to make herself Mm -hmm. prettier so that he'll fuck her. And want to stay here yeah. and not want to return to his wife. It's so Oh, yeah. Awful. She's like riding bikes in high heels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this is the woman we're supposed to think is the most generous, selfless woman in the history of time. Just so good. Oh, so awful. good. Yeah. Don't worry, everybody. She's thin. So <laughs> he is in the... um. He's praying. She is literally wrapped around him like a spider monkey. Like arms and fucking legs wrapped around him. Hoping that she can anchor him to the to the present time. And he starts disappearing. He fully disappears. And all of a sudden, she realizes that he has been completely erased. So then we spend 70 fucking pages going to all the places that she's been before and asking if they saw a man with her. We spend all of that time finding out that he went back and got executed. Mm-hmm. We spend a metric fuck ton of time with her going like... <gasps> My nighty isn't ripped anymore. Was he here at she all? She goes to each place. Why this and this? They were. Every, every fucking shop. Fucking every one. little restaurant. Every tea 
parlor. Yeah. It was like, did you see me with a man? And they're all like, who are you? You like, had tea nah, here bitch, once two we- weeks ago. Like, we don't even know who you are. Yeah. <sighs> she is just asking to get sent to an asylum just all over yeah. the place. In, she goes to the, 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 I mean, she goes fucking everywhere. Yeah. Okay. So then she goes and prays, question mark. Yeah. Yeah. She goes and prays, hoping that she can, she wants to reverse his execution. Praise and praise and praise and praise and praise. And I'm like, meanwhile, I'm like, well, it looks like the book is over. This was a happy yeah. ending. These two awful people are not going to be together. The and then I tapped on it to be like, how far? Oh, we're done, right? Halfway. 60% of the way through the Halfway. book. Halfway. Like, I can't. And honestly, if he had been charming and they had had any kind of chemistry, this device where he disappears and she goes and realizes that she, he was never there at all, I thought was a beautiful device. It was hard. It would have been heartbreaking yeah. for me if I didn't think, good, he's gone. You can live your life now. Like, that was my right. thought. But if he had been... Oh, God, what was our Highlander's name? Logan. If he had been Logan or if, Logan. He had, like, if he had been one of these great men that we've read about, I would have been, mm-hmm. it would have been a beautiful device. I would have been heartbroken. Yeah. yeah. But instead, we spent so much time watching them shop that I was like, if you go fucking back to that store and I have to, I have to hear about a scene where you found out that you bought men's clothes for nobody, I will flip a table. Yep. Like, <laughs> no. Yep. Okay, so then she's praying and praying and praying, and all of a sudden she begins to disappear, and her tummy feels funny, and all the happens. <laughs> you just see all these like ghost arms. <laughs> and then she's in the church, except it looks musty, but it also looks new. What are these dirt floors, everybody? What's going I don't on? Know. And so then she goes out and she sees Nicholas in the courtyard, in the in the yard. On the ground with the boob of a maid in his hand. Oh, and she's fat. And don't she's worry. She's fully in medieval time. Oh yeah, yeah. She's uh, she's got like, some copious. Why is he being bodies. with her? She's fatter than she's me. Fat. Yeah, I'm confused. Uh. And she doesn't notice that uh, she talks about her being in a weird dress, but she still oh my doesn't God. realize that she has in fact time traveled. It takes her so fucking long to figure out that she's time traveled when it's like so long. Bitch, you already know. Like I get why it took her so long to figure to believe that he'd time traveled fine. Like it would take me yes. that long too. But now that you know time travel is possible and you've been literally praying to go back to the place that you've gone back to, why wouldn't you just be like, "Oh, great. I'm there." Oh, great. It worked. I did it. Yeah. No. Instead, she tries to talk to Nicholas. Long story short, it's four years before his execution, and he has no idea, obviously, who she is. So he's like, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about, you witch. Get out of here. I can't even with you. And uh, I think that's where we're going to pick up for next episode. Because believe it or not- We read two books in one book. Yeah, this is halfway through the fucking book. And if you thought this guy sucked- in modern times when the power dynamic uh-huh. was that he needed her to survive in modern times <laughs> can you imagine what it's like in his own time when he's the king of everything and she's just like a random lady who he doesn't remember walking around in witch clothes can you imagine guys get ready oh, because next episode we are going to tackle how douglas literally entertains to stay alive <laughs> And fix a man who is both ungrateful and unworthy. Fix history for him. That is what our Douglas is attempting to do. Because again, she is so generous. Uh 
Oh God. I, oh my God. I have so many things to say about how she's not generous. Like I just, I just want to continue recording anyway. So. Well, but also, but my problem is because it's twofold, right? On the one hand, she's not generous. No. On the other hand, generous is like a dog whistle for completely and utterly subservient and not interested, mm-hmm. like only interested in how she can be helpful to whatever penis is nearest Yeah, and her. to her own and ends. <laughs> it's like she's generous yes. so that she'll seem generous. Like she's, there's like a whole she's generous thing so that in she'll get a proposal brain. someday. Yeah, exactly. And like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I just have to say this before we're done for the day. Yeah. In medieval times, because this was what I was so excited to tell you about. In medieval times, her fucking yeah. bathing bullshit where she wants to bathe at least three times oh. a week, and she has ten servants drag that water up the stairs for oh. her uh-huh. every, three times a week when they only do that every uh-huh. four weeks or whatever for the regular medieval people. Uh-huh. And then she still maintains, like, everybody's like, oh, she's so fucking generous. Like, haul your own fucking water, bitch. And then she or figures out she can go. Go to the kitchen. Fine. Yeah. Or she take a <laughs> sponge bath. You know, and then she figures out she can go yeah. into the fountain and take a shower. And she's like, oh, a shower. That would be so Except- great. Except that there's a little man that has to pedal the wheel to do the shower. She has to wake up a child at 3.30 in the morning so that he will sit there and turn the wheel while she luxuriates in the fountain. So fucking generous, everybody. That is just <laughs> so one example of like how not generous this woman is. <laughs> I'm just like... <laughs> And you know why? Because that child is not somebody who's going to give her an engagement ring. Neither are those rotten, yeah, teeth, stinky-ass, greasy servants that are pulling up the bathing tub for... I was just... I hate this woman so much. I can't wait. Okay, so <laughs> stay tuned for next episode where we're going to hear all about Douglas in medieval times and find out the fate of our abominable heroes. Abominable <laughs> heroes! Our... Like, I don't know. Oh, my God. These assholes. Tanya. Okay. Why? Tanya. Tanya, we love you in spite of this. And I think that that should show you how much we love you. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like you could you could decide to become defensive over this. I encourage you not yeah. to. Because we're not attacking you. No. We are merely... Uh, Tanya, uh, this isn't about third wave feminism. We love you. This is just about this it's book not. sucked. Yep, we love uh-huh. you. And and actually, I'm pretty happy to have had the experience so far of what a classic romance novel is. And I'm it makes me only more thankful for Alicia Rye and Tessa Dare and Courtney <laughs> yeah. Lawn and Tiffany Rice and all of the women <laughs> that, we, that we fucking love. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> but now I see why romance so, novels have such a bad rap. I think that this is why. Yeah. I think that they were like this for so long. I'm so sorry about these dogs. I'm like they will not yeah, stop. Yeah, Rooster is real. Rooster is just magaing up yeah. out there. But also, uh, and this one. So this one didn't even have any rape in it, right? Like this isn't even a bodice ripper. This is a classic no, that is yeah. not a bodice ripper. There, it could have been worse. This is a good. Yeah, it's, it's true. a good That's classic, true. Aaron. Someday we've got to read another actual bodice no, ripper. No, not if people just keep recommending no, good books to. to us. <laughs> we just <laughs> have to keep doing those recommendations because, you know, they keep giving us <laughs> iTunes reviews. So we just have to keep doing it forever and ever and ever. And we'll never have to read one. I'm making maniacal yeah, she's fingers doing the maniacal over here because fingers. I have plans for us. What? Oh, we're going to read a bodice ripper. Oh, it's going to be great. Yeah. 
All right, Erin, yes. do you have a lady love this week? I do. I was going to get on a soapbox about lady loves. Mm. I don't know. I was just kind of in a mood this week. I don't know if you've seen, there have been a flurry of self-love articles that have been going around. No. One of them is like, self-love isn't bath bombs and blah, blah, blah. It's cultivating a life that you don't have to escape from. You know, I get it. Fine. And then there are a bunch of other ones that are flitter flooding around that are like, if you really want to have happiness, you know, get a job that serves you and like all that kind of thing. Like I quit my job and saved up money and lived in a tiny house and I never have to work again. Or I quit my job and I backpack in France and that's all I have to do and blah, blah, blah. And it it makes me so mad every time because I just feel like for Mm -hmm. every person that quit their job and now has a job that serves them and only them and just makes them happy, there are thousands and thousands of women working the graveyard shift at the gas station and cleaning your hotel rooms and doing your pedicures and being cops and teachers and, you know, what all the all the things that are not jobs that serve them and are not following their fucking bliss and i just think of the like the woman who's sitting in a house with 10 foster kids who are all screaming and then she sees the article that's like cultivate a life that serves you and just give up everything and just backpack in new zealand and and then there's like the picture of the blonde girl from the back with the skinny and the dress and the blah 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 and i just it makes me so mad outstretched in the sunset do that and there's some nurse who's in the middle of like cleaning up vomit and is just like i don't the only reason that you're able to go do that is because of the thousands of women who have decided not to do that or can't like that have jobs that serve you and not themselves because of either their circumstances right. or because they've decided to not have a completely selfish life that is just about their own happiness. And it was just making me so mad. So mm-hmm. all these articles that are going around that are like, self-love is not bath bombs. It's like sometimes self-love is fucking bath bombs. Like self-love is whatever you want it yeah. to be. It's just it can be taking 10 minutes from the horrible chaos that is your life, either by choice or by circumstance. And that's fine. And I just I'm starting to get really annoyed with these Internet articles that are like that because i feel like if you want to quit your job and go travel around europe and have a life that serves only you and is just about your own happiness and bathing in light and love and being gratitude for whatever it is you've got and blah 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 and making dream boards can you imagine the woman with the 10 foster kids it's screaming making every a person. dream board in a room about the it's just so selfish it just makes me so mad well or or like if everybody did do that oh, we wouldn't have we wouldn't anything. have anything Like, the only reason that you're able to do all that stuff is all the women who's on their backs that you're standing. And that's fine. If you want to go tool around Europe and live that life, that's fine. But stop celebrating it on the internet because it's not something to celebrate. It's selfish. That's the end. Right. Or if you want to take a month to do that. And, like, my other thing with all those articles is, like, yeah, that's true. But I promise you that the person who is like living their bliss backpacking around France is going to complain about a croissant every once yeah. in a while because humans are going to be upset with whatever their circumstances yeah. are, no matter how good or bad. Yeah. But the thing is, like, I'm not I'm not judging. If you want to if you want to go take a month to do that, that's fine. But don't celebrate it as the best thing you ever did. And like, I'm just yeah. bathing in light and love. And that's what or everybody tell else people should that do. They should yeah, do it that. just bothers me yeah. so much. And that's the end of that. Okay. And then that said, um, speaking of getting yourself love on the backs of other women that I'm sure made this product, the um, 
the company do you know the company that's like yes to tomatoes yes to coconuts you know so they Mm -hmm. have a charcoal mask that's in a roll up you roll it on your face like it's it's like a push pop Ooh, you know like the push pops okay and so Mm -hmm. you know how masks are so messy and you gotta get them all over your hands and it's like a whole thing and Mm -hmm. you gotta mix them with water this thing is like a lipstick and you just smudge it all over your face they got two of them one is a brush and one is a, a smudge stick and i think you should get the smudge one it's real nice. All right. Yes, two tomatoes, it. charcoal, stick, mask. Fun. All right. So I sort of asked you what your lady love was because I didn't have one yet. Hey! I'm not sure I have one this That's week. That's fine. I had two, kind of. Two is just rail against those shitty blonde women on the beach. And then the <laughs> other one is <laughs> the face mask. <laughs> the smudge mask. All right. I like it. I like it. Yeah. I mean... You know what? Instead of a lady love, I'm just going to do a gratitude. Is that okay? Uh Yeah. Just make that dream board, girl. Do it. I know I am. So yesterday we had a a little birthday party for Ember and um, he's two. And you can't uh, get that free plane ticket anymore. I know it's over. And I just I'm just really thankful because although, you know, life can be hard and and all that sort of thing. I saw a friend that I hadn't seen in a really long time because we were both sort of hermiting at the same time, like we were both having depressive episodes at the same time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, she came over and we reconnected and my house was just like full of kids and friends and finger foods and it was easy and I was just like Everybody was like, hey, what's the theme going to be? And I was like, the theme is my son is turning two. Yep. Like, I I can't be a Pinterest mom ever, but definitely not now. Although my my husband got like one of those Moana pack things. So we did have like Moana, Moana bunting and oh, man. Can Moana. I just say that, that Moana pack? Oh, man. the It came with a heart of Tefiti oh. necklace and Ember had that thing on all day day and he would go up to people and be like the heart of tefiti in his like toddler voice it was so good anyway i guess i guess if i had to turn it into a lady love it's just like try to bask in the moments that are amazing like even you know because it was a party so it was work and it was whatever but i just had a great fucking time and i didn't drink a drop everybody else drank and that was great i just had a lovely day Mm -hmm. yesterday and it was awesome um I don't know. I'm just really thankful. So that's my sort of gratitude lady love situation. All right. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, uh, keep being a badass. Wait, you have to tell people where we can they can find us. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. You can find us on Instagram at Heaving Bosoms. You can find us on Facebook at Heaving Bosoms Podcast. We have a Facebook group, the Heaving Bosoms Podcast Geriatric Friendship Cult. You don't actually have to give us your possessions. You can find <laughs> us on Twitter at heaving underscore bosoms. You can find us on Gmails, heaving bosoms podcast at gmail.com. And uh, that is my social media spiel. We love talking to you. So please keep emailing. Please keep tagging us in, in shit you find on Instagram. We're trying to respond like, to emails. We've got a flurry that we haven't responded to. So if you've emailed us and yeah. don't, you don't have a response, we're sorry. We're trying. We read your email. We just, it's us, yeah. not you. Yeah, it's our problem. <laughs> um, yeah. All right. All right. 
keeping a badass, and love yourself as much as you love living in the age of makeup with decreased female suicide. <laughs> because we don't have to see our real faces in the mirror, <laughs> goddammit, Jude Devereaux. <laughs> Good one. All right. Oh, boy. Ah, I love you, Erin. Thank you for going on this journey Maybe with I'll me. Maybe I'll be well when we And thank you the for Tanya. Yeah, thank you, Tanya. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Megan. All right. This has actually been a lot of fucking yeah. fun. All right. I'll talk to you Bye later. Now. Bye. Hey, you. Yes, listener, you. Are you loving the show? If so, please leave a rating and review in your podcast app. The 90 seconds you take to say something nice not only helps new people find the show, but it makes me super smile over at HBHQ. Also, I've had a few people ask, and the answer is yes. We are still doing the five-star bribe. If you leave us a review with five stars, then we'll do whatever book you want. We're real, real deep into the list, though, so it might be a while. Ah, Lilas! Okay, back to the show.